Welcome to the Business of Influencing podcast. I am Vanessa and on this podcast we are all about building, monetizing and managing your influence. If that's your thing, then continue listening. If you find value in this episode, please consider rating the podcast. With that said, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the business of influencing and I am your host Vanessa. Today I have a guest for you guys, something we have not done before but for the first time we are joined by Alex and he is the founder of Contro which we are going to talk about and you guys will have all the lowdown on this. Would you like to introduce yourself for us Alex? Sure. Hi guys, my name is Alex Schmid. I'm originally from Johannesburg, South Africa, and I'm the CEO and founder of Contra. Thank you for that. Would you like to maybe just tell us what exactly is Contro? Absolutely. So Contro is a online prescription and delivery service for sexual health and confidence products, uh, such as birth control, erectile dysfunction, and we're going to be moving into a few more products uh, in the future. Um, basically, we're a telehealth uh, platform that allows people to go online, um, book a virtual consult with the doctor, obtain a prescription for either birth control or erectile dysfunction, um, and that doctor will choose the best or the most suitable medication for you and your body. And then going forward, the, our system will send a script to our partner pharmacy, MediPost, and every month we deliver your medication for free. And it's really as simple as that. Wow. That sounds very groundbreaking, like very innovative. There's not a day I thought, you know, we were ever going to be able to get um, contraception online. Let on consult with a doctor online, get a prescription online and just get your meds delivered. Like, wow. Yeah. I think it's 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 quite crazy that no one sort of put the two into together. You know, I think when we started to look at starting this business, the one thing that we realized was, you know, there's no full suit seamless service in a sense. You know, there's there's nothing in the market right now where you can get, you can run through the entire process that you do actually go through on a daily basis when trying to procure products like contraceptives. So we thought, let's try and put the two together and um, Contra was born. Wow. that That's pretty amazing. If you ask me, that's pretty amazing. And yeah. I guess, so, like, you know, I don't know for girls who are on contraceptives and stuff, you have to go see a doctor or you have to go pick up your meds at at clicks or something like that. And you've got other people around and this feels very personal. You don't have anyone else kind of knowing your business. I love that about your service, actually, about your yeah, brand. Absolutely. I think the discrete part about Contra is a huge selling point. Um, and yeah. you know, that's really thanks to technology, in a sense, mm-hmm. you know, and because you can do everything online these days, you know, we also take a lot of the hard yards or the hard work out of, out of the whole process as well. You know, when you sign up to Contro and you request, let's say, birth control, for example, we provide you with an online health assessment um, that honestly takes about five minutes to fill out. And within that assessment, there's questions like, are you currently on the pill? And if you, or, and if you say yes, well, we have a drop-down menu of the 28 brands of pill we currently offer as well as another option. Uh, if we, if you're on a pill that we don't offer, and if that's the case, we will source and find that pill for you if it's available in South Africa. But if you're also not on the pill, 
what we take into consideration, and this was a bit of feedback from our initial research, was what is your financial capabilities? Because um, a lot of people, you know, want to be on contraception, but the problem is there's a cost to it. So we asked the question of how much are you basically able to afford? And we try and tailor um, a solution for you on that basis by being able to provide generics of certain brands or maybe just cheaper brands, but obviously they've got to work for you and your body. And that's what the rest of the health assessment does. We, we do a full medical his history on you. Um, you enter all the details. And then what's great is the doctor sees it before the consult. So when you go into the consult, the doctor already knows everything um, she needs to know. And basically the consult ends up being five to 10 minutes because it's just a case of her chatting through the options and asking you what you really want. Hmm. Okay. It all sounds really good. I, I, I am all here for your service. I am all here for your brand. <laughs> like, honestly, awesome. I am here for it. So I mean, that's great to hear. <laughs> now that the people know what your brand is about, um, I know you recently worked with influencers, myself being one of those influencers. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to know, like, what are some of the things you look at when it comes to you choosing influencers that could best represent your brand? Sure, absolutely. So I think the one, you know, I think the problem, first of all, I just want to start off. The problem in South Africa is there's so many, I'm gonna, and I, I would love to have this on video, but use air quotes to say influencers. You know, I think there's there's so many girls and guys out there that have a decently large following and are sort of calling themselves influencers. And I think it's trying to, you know, for us, I think as a brand, the initial process of trying to sort who really is an influencer and who really is just doing this sort of on the side is kind of the yeah. first process we go through. Um, and the first thing we sort of look at is one, you know, what is the kind of content that the influencer is putting out? I think that's always the first one. And is that content suitable for our brand? Um, is, is the, really the main thing. The second thing is engagement rates. Um, you know, it's it's not really all about the likes, but it's more about the comments. It's more about what, what those comments are saying and kind of how also your sort of captions on those sort of posts or videos or what you're saying and how you connect with your audience. So we want to see how you engage with your with your with your audience or with your followers and we want to see what their response is to that engagement and that really makes the difference for us when selecting influencers i think when you go further down the line and now we've sort of said all right well we've chosen the influencers or we choose one or two and we start to work with them you know the things that we look for then going forward is you know how responsive they are to our requests and just their general organization and professional attitude towards what we're asking them to do. Um, that makes a serious difference um, in our in our sort of choice going forward. Um, and Vanessa, you've been fantastic working with us. So it's, it's a testament to you and a testament to what an influencer should be doing in a sense. One, you know, maintain brands and two, uh, grow, their, grow their sort of business. Okay. That sounds pretty awesome. And I like what you said that, you know, influencers sometimes for, and I can understand it, it should be very difficult, especially for a small brand that's just starting out like yourselves, trying to figure out who will actually fit with our brand or not, because everyone is doing everything. They, everyone is an influencer now, you know, and people aren't really handling themselves. 
as though yeah, they're running absolutely. a business. Mm. That's like, the thing. Yeah. I mean, I think a good example is like young, there's a couple of young girls who all have a lot of followers from school, a lot of followers from university and kind of then take that into the future and suddenly they've got 10,000 followers and now they're seeing themselves as and now it's an influencer thing, you know, and they're selling certain things. You know, I think the other thing is kind of, I think I mentioned it before, is what content they're putting out and what other brands they're working with. You know, you'll have some girls who work with sort of swimsuit brands and they do makeup brands. And then you have other girls that work with more lifestyle brands. And that also makes a big difference on our selection from a brand standpoint. I think that's a really good point because I don't think a lot of people take into consideration the brands they work with actually impact the brands you could work with in the future. Because people end up just working with everyone and anyone because as long as someone is bringing in money to me, then I'll just take it. But that could actually throw you off with certain brands. Yeah, completely. I mean, it's it's like anything in life, really. You've got to kind of find your niche that sort of works with works for you. You know, you've got to choose: Are you going to be a wellness, um, you know, influencer? Are you going to be a swimsuit model um, sort of type of influencer? Or are you going to be more like a mom blogger and focus on yeah. those sorts of things? Um, you know, these things all make a big difference when a brand is looking at sort of bringing influencers on board. I really agree with you on that. And then my next question. Um, how best can influencers position themselves to be in front of a, well, basically in a brand's radar? How best can influencers kind of position themselves? Yeah, this is a... Sorry, Uh, as we said, it's it's a difficult question because, you know, it's, as I said before, there's so many, and I, again, use air quotes, influencers, especially in South Africa. Um, It's difficult to kind of, get your name out there i think i think the best thing to do is as i said find your niche once you've got i mean and don't go too niche don't you know i only do i don't know children's toys reviews i think that's maybe too niche but if you do if you're a sort of mom blogger you do general stuff around kids but also general stuff around what moms are also looking for you know that that's kind of where you want to be um and i think brands that are looking for those kinds of influencers will look within that niche and look within that sort of influencer sector. And that's how, you know, you'll sort of, we initially will start our search. And then once that's done, we will then start to look at content engagement rates. So I think the key lessons out of that would probably be consistency is, is always going to be, is going to be key. You know, if you, if you're constantly getting content out there and it's, and it's consistent with your branding and consistent with your image and your niche, um, that should hopefully help um, get you in front of brands that may potentially want to work with you. I think the the next thing is just obviously getting as many followers and engagements as possible because that'll just drive you up the sort of Instagram or whatever social media algorithm you're looking at. And that, again, will help you get in front of brands and also make you slightly more attractive. But I will say the one thing that we found is you can have 50,000 followers, but if you have 50 likes, you know, it's not really going to drive us to want to sort of, you know, hire you or deal with you. We'd rather deal with someone who's got 10,000, you know, followers and maybe 500 likes because that's a much, much better conversion rate and much, much higher engagement. That's, that's where we want to deal. That's the kind of people we want to deal with. Um, so, look, I think it's harder the higher you go in terms of followers and, and, and stuff like that, because obviously, 
you know, you need more conversions to keep that sort of conversion rate up. But at the same time, you know, as long as you can try to keep a very consistent and steady engagement rate, I think um, it'll it'll go a long way to, you know, convincing brands to work with you. Such good points you gave there. But I want to touch on consistency. When you mention consistency, I think as influencers on our side, we kind of look at it differently. Um, a few weeks ago, I actually shared a blog post about this, about consistency and what consistency really is. But it could be different from a brand's perspective. So when you, when you as a brand are looking at how consistent um, an influencer is, are you looking at how often they post, what times they post, or what, what exactly do you consider consistency? Are you guys even concerned about how they feed? Does it look consistent or? Absolutely. I mean, we look at everything. I mean, I mean, we, we were sort of, I mean, to be honest, we use a sort of outsource, we use a third party marketing company, but obviously everything goes through us, um, mm -hmm. you know, in terms of the head office. And we, you know, the one thing we look at all types of things. I mean, when I let's get, let's touch on the consistency point. Um, what we don't want to see is just tons of posting. Uh, you know, like you, you're posting two images a day, and it's you know one's about a children's toy brand, for example, and the next one's about a I don't know a retailer giveaway, and then there's a this and there's if, if it's, I think in my head, if there's too much posting, then as a brand, you're also going to say, well, I'm going to get lost in, in all of it. If you know what I mean, it's, it's kind of going to be, well, where am I going to fit in with all these other brands? And how does my brand look compared to the, these other brands? And that's kind of the first thing that goes through my head. So when I say consistent, I mean that you are posting, you know, branded content and ad-driven content, but you're also posting your own content. You know, it, not every post has to be a sponsored post, if you know what I mean. It, it, you need to be putting in your, the, the business of influencing in my head is about getting your personality across. You, you are not a billboard. You are a person. And the point is that people are following you for your personality. And that's what, as a brand, we want to see. And that's why you would probably have higher engagement rates when you are more of a, when you have more of a personality and that comes through in your posting and, and your sort of content. But if you're constantly just sharing ad after ad after ad, you know, you just become a human billboard and that for us doesn't really um, attract us as a brand to you. Mm. I can so, totally get <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, in terms of the consistency point, I think that's really it. So it's really more a case of, you know, I'm not saying every second day you have to post and then it's, but it's more just an, an easier flow through, you know, in terms of your posting and your content. You do a bit but, but about you, you give your opinion, and then, you know, you schedule an ad to go in, and then you continue like that. But it's the point is to really get, you've got to keep your audience engaged, and that's when brands would be keen to partner with you. And I think that, for me, is the, is the big difference. I want to see a personality. As I said, I don't want to see a human billboard, and that's, that's what makes a difference for me. And what you're saying about seeing your personality, from my own experience, I can actually say this. When I worked with your brand, you guys gave me full creative control. As much as you still have to approve work, once you give someone creative control, do you believe that as influencers, then we are able to actually produce work that converts? 
And does that in a way also benefit brands or do you find that some brands actually find benefit if they stick to what they've always known to do as a brand and just giving influencers work to post? Yeah, look, I can't, I can't comment on other brands. I mean, I'd mm. love to, but I just don't have the experience from a, you know, a, a much bigger corporate standpoint. I mean, my background's in law and law firms don't really use influencers. So, um, but from my brand's perspective and what I look for is, and maybe it's more because of what we do, we want to give creative control to the influencer. I think the main point for us is we want to get across what our messaging is and what obviously we do and why it benefits your followers. I think those are the three key points. But the way you get that across really is up to you. And that's the point of coming to an influencer. You know, if we if we if we were going to just give you the content, write it and get it out, arguably we should just be putting on, on an Instagram advert. And I think that's um, the difference that I, I, I sort of find. You've got to give the influencer a bit of creative, if not full creative um you know, a license in a sense to get to get your brand across. And that's the point. That's why you're hiring them. You, you, you're paying them because you trust them based on their previous content and possibly their previous work that you've gone, you know, done with them um, to get your messaging across in their way. And that for me is, is, is the big difference, I think. I mean, maybe if you're a retailer, you want a certain special toll and, you know, there's a special on this day, et cetera, et cetera. I, I can get that. But something like Contra where, we're a very personal service and, you know, we've got a, and we've got a few messaging points such as we are very discreet, we are convenient and we tailor our service to be affordable to you. We want you to get that messaging across in your own way. Yeah. And it only makes sense that way, really. Yeah, agreed. Completely. <laughs> Thank you for that. So... Um, another thing I wanted to ask is after you've worked with influencers, right, how do you measure the success of a campaign that you've done with an influencer? Let's say um, in an instance where we don't have our social media linked to any platform that you, you use to measure. Um, I, do you only rely on maybe the responses or the comments so it's it's a bit of both. I think as a business, you've got to be prepared to track and measure um, the response you you get from certain campaigns. I mean, we have that built into our side. So we haven't done it in the way that, you know, click the link in bio and you'll follow through because um, we find that's maybe a bit too aggressive from a marketing standpoint. But what we have got is on our sign-up and conversions, we always ask, how did you hear about us? Um, and, you know, we don't say, it's you know if it's the, we don't put the influencer's name or tag in, and we do note influencer as a, as an option, um, and that's sort of how we generally track through if people are coming onto the platform and signing up through influencer content. So it, it's it's a pretty simple way of doing it. It's a simple question, and a lot of people are quite um, you know relaxed about answering it. Is what we found. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's probably the easiest way. As we, you know, as we grow as a business, we will be adding things like referral codes in, and I think that's going to be a huge, huge, um, you know, uh, channel for us because I think referral codes make a massive difference for one current customers and two future customers, um, as well as your general just promo codes. We get a simple discount. I think people appreciate that, 
um, you know, it definitely helps people convert. And for us, you know, we, we're happy to give get people onto the platform, trying our service, seeing the benefits, because that's really all you want as a brand. You want people to come on, you know, try the service. And even if they don't like it in some ways, which, you know, in our case, everybody has loved it, which has been fantastic. Um, but give us some feedback. You know, businesses can only grow if they're told what's wrong with them. You know, and that's that's the biggest thing we find is we, we're trying to get feedback. I mean, from our side, we've got a, a few bits of feedback, which have been fantastic, but we haven't been able to find too many bad things, which is a good thing in our case. But we almost want to know all the pain points that the customer goes through so that we can fix them. And I think we've been lucky that we've really worked hard to get our processes right and make sure that the contract service is as seamless as it currently is. But we, you know, we'd love to know more. So feedback's a big thing. And referral codes, promo codes, pushing that through influencers, that's, you know, probably the best way we can probably track. But for now, the general question of how do you hear about us actually does go quite a long way. Okay. It's actually great to hear that people are responsive to that because for some reason, I believe people aren't really willing to give the information as who referred them. That's pretty amazing though. Yeah, it's not a it's not a hundred percent, you know, uh, it's not like a foolproof method. But in terms of if you've got a lack of sort of, I don't know, if you if you haven't got all the tracking and you're a small business and you want to get going. I mean, look, we do have a lot of the analytics built in, and we are seeing where people are coming from. But I can understand if you're a smaller business and you're just looking to get that feedback. Um, it's it's a good start, and you can definitely start to build on from it. No, it really, it really is a good start because really for any business to get better and to grow, you need that feedback and that's how you Absolutely. grow, you know, and then you, you have better processes as you go ahead. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, from us, you know, Contra's mission is to, is to obviously break down the barriers of, of sexual health, uh, you know, well, the conservative nature of sexual health in South Africa. And we want to break those barriers down and get people talking about it. But I think the problem is to get people to talk about sexual health is, is really difficult in this country. And that's, that's what we want to sort of change. But the only way we can do that is one, by getting people into a service like ours and two, getting them to talk about it. And that really is where we will start to find change, not only in our service, but also hopefully within the sort of cult, the conservative culture of South Africa. Because, you know, products like birth control and erectile dysfunction we know they're not nice topics to talk about, but there are daily problems. Well, not daily problems, but for a an erectile dysfunction standpoint, there are daily problems for certain men, and there's, it's nothing to be ashamed of. And if it's treatable, you know, let's fix it. Let's you know, let's get let's make your life happier. Um, and from a birth control standpoint, we really do believe every woman should have the choice of protecting their futures. Um, and you know, Contra hopefully in the future can offer that to the entire country and everybody should be able to have that choice and we want to give it to them. I personally think you've done really well to get people to know about a service that people consider to be taboo. It's not something that we talk about every day, you know, it's not something that even with a group of friends, I, I can't even remember the last time or if I've ever had a conversation about contraceptives with my friends, but these are things we need to know about. And absolutely. Got- I mean, absolutely. I, I don't think it's anything, you know, there's nothing wrong about, about talking about it. And I think that's the attitude we need to change. And, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's something, it's going to take time. 
you know, it's going to take a lot of time and we, you know, we know there's no quick fix to it. But we think with a service like ours, we can break down those barriers and that discrete element that we offer can actually somewhat hopefully go away, um, you know, with a cultural change and a cultural shift. But for now, because it is considered slightly taboo, we do offer a, a discrete service on that basis and we will continue to do so for the rest of our uh, tenure in South Africa. Mm-hmm. No, I think you guys have done really amazing on that part. Um, our Well, not our last question, <laughs> but the next question. So I want to find out, you guys, you guys have reached out to influencers. Mm-hmm. If an influencer is to reach out to you, and they want to work with you because we all know it's not every day that a brand knocks at your door. Sometimes you have to knock on a couple of doors as an influencer Absolutely. to get that brand that says yes to you. So I, as Vanessa, if I hadn't worked with you before, if I was to come knocking at your door, well, figuratively, what would you be looking for in an influencer or in my email, what kind of things are you looking for in order for you to give me a yes, we can work together as an influencer? For, like this may be different for some people, but from my side, look, I think the first thing is approach brands that obviously are in your niche. I think that's the first thing, you know, um, approaching brands like Adidas, Nike, Apple, I think you're going to struggle to get through the door. You know, I think I think anyone, even from a customer support standpoint, sometimes <laughs> struggles to get through the door. So I think one focus on your niche uh, that you have obviously dedicated your 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 sort of influencing and platform towards to find brands that are growing. Um, that is really where you're going to find the most response. Um, smaller startups, you know, sort of medium sized businesses. These are the kind of businesses that are looking for people to, you know, are looking for people to sort of, well, they're looking for channels to go down, right? And they're always looking for something new. They're always looking for that opportunity to grow their business. And if you can offer them that growth, I think you'll find a a better response in that sort of size of, of, you know, in that market of businesses in a sense or that sector um, than you would if you go to your big corporate. So I think that's the first point. The second point, something that I would really appreciate is do all the work for me. Um, and when I say that is when you send that email or you send that DM, you know, open with a open with a line saying, you know, who you are, why you why you want to, why you love our brand, why you want to work with our brand, and what content. Give me ideas. I want to know what you're thinking right out the gate. I don't want to have to email you back and go, okay, well, what are you thinking? And then you go, well, let's set up a call and you tell me. I want to know what you're thinking straight out the gate because that's what's going to sell me. So you almost need to come with a pitch in your first message. Not a huge amount of detail. And I think this is where it's difficult. You need to make it, you know, you need to make it simple and almost an executive summary of what you want to do. But, you know, invite them to have a call or have a meeting where you can expand on it and have that pitch deck or that pitch ready to go, you know, because that person may turn around, cool, let's do five o'clock today. You need to be ready to have that meeting at five o'clock. So, you need to do all the work before you even send the message. And that I think makes a big difference because you've got to be ready to, 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 to sort of approach businesses. It's the same for brands like ourselves. You know, as an actual business, when we approach either an investor or we're looking to partner with someone, we've got to go in you know, ready to sell. We can't go in asking questions and then going back and say, well, we'll tailor it to you. 
we've already lost interest. We need to go in with the pitch. If they don't love the pitch, but they love elements of it, then we started discussion about changing it and trying to fit it in with whatever the partnership or investor is looking for, whatever it may be. But it's it's influence influencing has got to be seen as a business, and you've got to approach it in a business sort of way and get it across and um, get your messaging or get your idea across and your messaging across to the business upfront so that they can make they can you can help make the decision for them easier. Okay, so basically, be clear from the beginning. Include as much detail as possible. Just to cover ground and do the but, work of the people you're reaching out yeah. to. It's it's include as much detail as possible, but in a summarized way. It's a very difficult technique. Um, you know, don't write a five hundred word pitch, but write a a sort of two hundred and fifty word um, thing saying, "Hi, uh, we, I absolutely love your brand and love your product slash service." It's it's something that really inspires me or it's something that I, I like to use on a daily basis or a lot of my friends are using, whatever it may be. Um, I was thinking we, I was, I would, I'm currently in the business of influencing and I would love the opportunity to work with your brand. And I was thinking we could do something along the lines of da, 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 da. Um, if you're interested, let's set up a call. Let's chat. Uh, look forward to from here. Look forward to hearing from you and keep up the good work. You know what I mean? That's that's all you need. But what I'm saying is when they respond to that email, you need to have a full-on pitch ready to go and go yeah. back to them with a PowerPoint presentation, a PDF, or whatever it may be that needs to be ready. And even some pre, um, you know, pre-designed content from an imagery standpoint with a caption and be like, well, these were the examples I was thinking of. Whatever it may be, you, whatever you need to get across them, you need to get it to them as soon as possible upfront because they, the point is people don't have time to, to follow up with you. If you want the business, you've got to follow up with them and you've got to make it as easy for them to make the decision. That's as simple as it should be. That is so true. I've always said it. Like the next person, PR people, they are dealing with a lot. They do not have time to be going through your email if it's a two-page kind of email. Like keep it brief, put the details and just be prepared because the opportunity meets you at a point of your preparation, really. Absolutely. That's some good points you just shared there. So my last question to you, Alex, is what are some of the problems you've come across um, while working with influencers? We want to give them an opportunity to improve on where we've done, we've been doing wrong. So what are some of the problems you faced and what are some of the things you would expect them to kind of do better? Um, look, to be honest, um, the influences we've chosen, I think we've been quite thorough with our sort of choice of influences. So in terms of problems, we actually really haven't had um, mm. any problems. So I mean, in the beginning, in terms of what we expected. Um, so we're very happy with the choices we made. But I think that comes down to a lot of due diligence, putting in the work and making sure we are choosing the right people to, you know, um, represent our brand and get it out there. But I think the one thing that... I would say no one's done it wrong, but what I really appreciate is the one is a quick response rate, and two is just a very organized and detail orientated um, approach to to sort of our requests or whatever we're asking. Because, like one or two things is if we ask if we ask for something, you know, we don't want to have a, a random response that's not related to it or anything like that. We want a detailed response in both of our influences that we have used including yourself have given us that that sort of response so we're very happy um, at the moment but it's really just a case of be organized 
you know, make sure you read the emails, make sure you are 100% sure on the brief and are getting the request. And if you don't get it, there's nothing wrong with asking the question, hi, I'd just like to clear up this point because rather that, rather ask the question of, you know, what, what exactly I should be doing than, you know, making the mistake and then there's, you know, a whole kerfuffle about it in a sense and, you know, the branding doesn't want to work for you, et cetera, et cetera. Rather just be 100% prepared and ready to go. But, I mean, to be honest, from, from my side, I think, I think from a brand perspective, any advice to brands is just make sure you do your, your due diligence as much as you possibly can and you'll probably end up having a situation like ours where you don't really have any problems. Okay. No, that sounds really good. And I think what I'm getting from this whole conversation is the fact that influencers also need a certain level of business acumen. It's not just having a phone or a camera and just being able to snap and getting engagement. You need to be able to communicate with brands besides just communicating with your followers on Instagram or whatever platform you're using, right? Absolutely, um, absolutely. I think the I think the reality of it is that you've just got to you've got to approach it as a business, and you know, no one's saying you have to be a CEO overnight in a sense, but yeah. you've got to start to build up to it, and you've got to have that business acumen, and you've got to start to think. Well, always think, what does the brand want? I mean, you, you're already as influencers, you're already thinking, what do, what is my what do my followers want? Well, it's the same it's the same thought process. What does a brand want? I was in a business and I was looking for hiring influence or what would I want to see? It's, it's the perfect starting point. And once you start to wrap your head around that, um, you'll probably start to find that your engagement with brands is going to be a lot better and a lot more productive. And also you are going to make mistakes. You are going to, you know, things are going to go wrong. And, you know, you're going to get a lot of rejection. It's the same with every business, regardless of it's influencing or starting a company. Rejection is the number one thing. Um, but you learn to take it and, um, you know, you, you grow from it. And, you know, every no is actually a learning, is a lesson that learns. And hopefully you can take it all and turn it into a yes next time. That's so true. Nothing is ever really smooth sailing. You need to be able to take those no's and just, you know, keep going, improve and get better. And your opportunity exactly. will always meet you when they are meant to be for you, the opportunities will always come. Yeah, look, I think you've got to create your opportunities. Um, exactly. And you've got to make sure that you put in the work to, to make those opportunities uh, come up in a sense. But, you know, you've just got to really, you've got to really dedicate yourself to it and, and just really make it happen. And that's, that's the sort of best advice I can give. Well, thank you so much, Alex, for spending some time with us and just giving us insight into your company and how influencers can actually do better. Um, personally, I appreciate all the information you've shared and I'm really sure all the audience that will be listening to this podcast will feel the same way. So thanks a lot. Is there anything else you would like to add on? Yeah, I just want to say thank you for having me on, and I, and I hope um, you know this conversation can help a lot of influencers going going down the line in terms of growing their brand and technically growing their business. Um, and yeah, if you ever want to work with Contro, hit us up. As I said, bring the presentation, get the pitch ready, um, and we'll definitely look out for it. Um, and yeah, if you want to find Contro, you can check us out on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Our Instagram handle is Contro underscore ZA. And I think on Facebook, you can find us at 
Contro South Africa. Twitter is also Contro underscore ZA. Um, check us out. We've got some pretty cool content. We're also putting up a ton of educational blogs. So if you want to find out more about contraceptives or erectile dysfunction or sexual health in general, um, check out our blog. And yeah, you can jump on our website at contro.ca.za. And yeah, if you need to get your birth control, erectile dysfunction medication delivered discreetly to you for free, come to Contro. We're, uh, we're waiting for you. Well, thank you so much. I'm sure you will get an influx of DMs and emails with all the girls who listen to this podcast Please wanting do. to work send, with you. Send them on. Send them on. We want to see them all. <laughs> I'm sure you will. Thanks a lot for hanging out with me, Alex. It's been very, very insightful. No worries. Thanks, Vanessa. Thanks for having me on. And uh, yeah, good luck and keep doing what you're doing. Uh, you're killing it. Thanks a lot. Cheers, man. Um, Bye.